the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three is underway now. Thanks for being with us still at 10 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. It's the ninth morning of the fifth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Thanks to Peter Kersenow, a lot of very brilliant wisdom imparted upon us by uh, Peter. If you missed that conversation or Chris Long earlier this morning, you can catch those on the podcast page at whkradio.com. It's my privilege now to welcome back to our program the Secretary of State here in the great state of Ohio, Mr. Frank Loros, about a couple of very important issues that are coming up uh, faster than you might realize. Secretary LaRose, good morning. Good to have you again. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Bob. i got to be honest. You got my blood flowing with that uh, speech from the Gipper just now. That's uh, Boy, that's incredible. Every American should re-listen to that every few months. That's why we play it every day at the top of our third hour. I want everybody to hear it. Maybe if they're not a regular listener, just a sometime listener, they tune in and catch that. And it should inspire all of us, so I'm glad it had the desired effect on you. Wow. Thanks. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Secretary LaRose, uh, a couple of huge issues here, and I'm just going to dive right into them. The first one, of course, is the deadline. You, of course, sent that deadline to uh, the Speaker of the Ohio House, Jason Stevens, over a week ago. Uh, it was learned, and uh, this has to happen by, by May 10th. If we're going to have a vote in the Ohio House to add a special election in August in order to undertake the question of the threshold for changing the Constitution to 60%, it's got to be done by tomorrow. What is your um, awareness right now about where that stands? Yeah, and that wasn't something I dreamed up. That's what the law says, 90 right. days before any election. And so um, this is something I've been talking with both House and Senate leadership about about for a while and, and the members. So we just wanted to make sure that they had that in writing so there was no, no doubt about it. I actually just came from the State House. I was meeting with the Senate president just now. I've been in constant communication with the House Speaker as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and my understanding is that... Um, you know, things are progressing, maybe in fits and starts, but still progressing in the Ohio House of Representatives to get this voted on. Um, that is my hope. And as you know, this is not a new idea for me. This 
this idea of protecting our state constitution against intervention by, you know, whatever out-of-state special interests may want to try to engrave their pet projects into our constitution. This is something I've been talking about for years, and I brought it up. In fact, was on your show talking about it last year. Uh, I was hopeful that we could have gotten it done last year, so it could have been on the ballot for the May election that we just concluded. Right. Uh, but that didn't happen. So the next opportunity to do this would be in August, and I hope the House and the Senate choose to act. So I do, too, and, I, and I'm glad to hear you say that. But I want to ask about the pushback that you're getting, because I agree with you the way you just framed it, too. We need to protect the Ohio Constitution for Ohioans and keep it safe from uh, out-of-state special interest groups who would, uh, you know, deem to tell us how to run our state, number one. Um, but then the other side is, you know, they're they're coming after you and saying, what's wrong with democracy? Why are you attacking democracy? Whatever happened to majority <laughs> rules? They like that 50% plus one. And I'm sure you realize, Secretary LaRose, because they sent a letter to you, as I understand it, five former Ohio AGs and four former governors all say that you're wrong on this, that we're wrong on this, that we should uh, leave uh, leave the threshold at 50% plus one. Yeah, this is the kind of hyperbole that you get when the media is largely controlled by leftists. Thankfully, there are clear conservative voices like yours out there in the media landscape as well, though, stating the facts on this. And the fact is, Ohio is a national outlier when it comes to amending our Constitution. Now, of course, as you know, we don't have a direct democracy. We have a representative republic. And what that means is that we elect our leaders to go down to the state capitol and to make our laws for us. Of course, all power originates from the people. The only power that government leaders have comes from the consent of the governed. But the way that we have organized our government, smartly, is that the day-to-day work of legislating is done by our state legislature. Now, something as impactful, something as long-lasting as an amendment to our Constitution should be handled with even a higher level of care. And this is where, again, Ohio's an outlier. There are only 17 states in the nation out of 50, only 17 states allow a, a, a process where a citizen initiative can create a constitutional amendment. In most states, it has to be done by a, a constitutional convention or by the state legislature. So only 17 states allow citizens to initiate a, a, an amendment to the Constitution. And of those 17, the majority of those states have protections in place, such as in the state of Florida, where it takes 60 votes to pass a constitutional amendment. In the state of Nevada... A constitutional amendment has to be on two consecutive elections. It has to be in front of the voters twice. You actually have to win two times to amend the state constitution in those states. And, of course, the U.S. Constitution requires ratification by 75% of states. Something like a constitutional amendment requires a higher level of care than a simple bare minimum, which is subject to demagoguery and, 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 and groups spending a bunch of money to try to fool the voters on something. Uh, it's time that Ohio has the same kind of protection. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Very well. I did not know that, by the way, about which state was it that you have to win twice? You have to have two straight elections? The, that... the, the state of Nevada. Nevada. Any constitutional question has to win twice. And again, there is a variety of, of ways that states protect, protect against this kind of thing. And as far as these uh, you know, senior statesmen and women that have weighed in on this, listen, I, I value and honor their service to our state. Uh, but um, they're wrong on this. They're, they're, they're dead wrong. I don't know who's in their ear when it comes to, to this, but um, they're siding with uh, with the far left on this one, and it just doesn't make any sense. No, I completely agree with that. You know, the, the one thing that I and will stay on just the the actual. Um, um, ballot initiative for a second here. They need to get 400 and some odd thousand, I don't know what the number is, you do as Secretary of State signatures, to get this on the ballot. Yep. 
is there any way? I, I suppose I already know the answer to the question, but I get so frustrated because I've had people reporting to me. I saw them at various locations soliciting signatures. They're not telling the truth about what they're asking people to sign. They're asking people questions like, do you support women's health? We have a bill here to support women's health. Will you sign? And in their mind, they're saying, well, we believe that allowing abortion on demand is, is, is women's health. It's a women's health issue. It's not an abortion issue. And so they're getting signatures, I think, under false pretense. But, but I don't suppose there's anything that can be done about that. Well, it, it's difficult, right? Because you would need sworn statements from both parties, and it's very, it's very difficult to investigate that. I will say that, uh, thankfully, and we've talked about this, uh, my office now has what we call the Public Integrity Division that includes an election integrity section, folks that are uh, trained law enforcement officers that can investigate these kind of things. Of course, when these petition signatures get turned in, we will scrutinize those at each of the 88 county boards of elections to make sure that the signatures match the signatures on file. That's a process that we take very seriously. Um, and when we find people that have been um, violating the law and conducting uh, election fraud, then we're going to work with county prosecutors and with the Ohio Attorney General's office to make sure that those people face justice. But when it comes to a petitioner, a guy with a clipboard out on a sidewalk misrepresenting what's on the clipboard, that's very hard to prosecute. Now, I will say this, the, the burden is on the on the, the signer, the, the citizen who is looking at that, because that clipboard should have on it a copy of the amendment that you're actually signing and, and a copy of the language and, and all of those kind of things. And so before you ever sign a petition, you should do your, your, your investigation of what it is that you're signing and not just take whoever is standing there in front of the mall with the clipboard, uh, take their word for it. That's a great point. You're right about that. It is. It is up to the individual who is signing to do that. But like I said, they just get persuaded very easily by by misleading language by described, even if it's in writing. Most people, this is a sociological study, I suppose, in the making. Most people don't want to take the time to read. They'd rather have somebody explain it. Can you give me the gist of it? What's it say? Oh, okay, great. I'll sign that. And the way they go. That's unfortunately uh, just the way it is, I think. Uh, we're talking with Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, and we're talking about the potential special election in August, the importance of getting that passed out of the Ohio House in order to have that election and then winning that election to raise the threshold to amend the Ohio Constitution from 50% plus one to 60%. So let's go back to what it's going to take in August. Um, Reading from the, let's see who wrote this one, it's uh, the Center Square, I think. During last year's session, with LaRose's support, Republicans passed and Governor Mike DeWine signed into law that ended special elections across the state. You're being called a hypocrite. You supported that, and now you want to undo that. How do you respond to those folks? Yeah, let me explain this very clearly, because, again, this is the problem when the leftist media gets to set the narrative and set the agenda. We should not accept their framing of, of this issue. Here's what we did last year, and this is something that the election officials and in a bipartisan way, people around the state have been saying for a long time that we should do. It is a good uh, improvement in public policy to eliminate every August opportunities for taxing jurisdictions to have special elections. That's what we did last year. We said going forward, there will not be an opportunity every August for school levies and for sewer district levies and for park district levies to be snuck in when no one is paying attention. That is something that um, I stand by and was uh, very glad that we were able to get done. Very different from that, however, is that the state legislature has always had, for 220 years of Ohio's history, 
the ability to set the time, place, and manner of elections. Now, at their discretion, they could hold an election in December. I would advise against that. That would be a foolish idea. But the state legislature could hold an election whenever they want to. That is their authority in the Constitution. And for them to say, we want to have an August special election to decide this constitutional question is completely consistent with what we did last year and in no way is uh, hypocritical when, you know, what we did last year was eliminate as a regular course of operating a normal business uh, every year, year after year, the ability for local jurisdictions to have an August election. One other thing about this, Bob, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we eliminated these school levies in August and these, these park levies in August and whatever other levies people could dream up is that they often flew below the radar. Most people didn't know until their tax bill went up that this had even happened. Contrast that with a statewide question to amend the Constitution. This will be a big topic of conversation this summer. There will be probably millions of dollars worth of television ads. There will be a lot of discussion about this. You will have to be living in a cave to not know that there is a constitutional question in front of the voters this August. It will not fly below the radar like a local tax levy does. Uh, that's a great explanation, and you're right. The, the language and the narrative is shaped by the left wing media, and they don't give you they don't give the context. They don't give all of the specifics you just did when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, Secretary Luras, the other big issue I wanted to bring you on to talk about was the idea of closed primaries. I've been angry since last yeah. May. Well, I think before that, but last May it was just very egregious when uh, left wing uh, websites like the Daily Coast and the Daily Beast and others were on there, literally telling Ohio Democrats, "There's nothing on the ballot for you to be worried about." on our side, pull a Republican ballot and vote for those who are most like us. And they literally specifically defined Governor Mike DeWine and uh, and uh, Matt Dolan in the Senate race, saying they would be the most like us or the most amenable to our way of thinking, etc., etc. Now, without wanting to disparage anybody, even though I have disparaged both of those individuals in the past as being too Democrat-like, the fact remains it's not up to Democrats who the Republicans run. Um, we need to close the primaries. We need to close them now. I was very, very glad to hear that you spoke to a, uh, to a Republican group just uh, last month in which you you basically answered a question to saying yeah we should close the primaries can you tell us more about why you believe that to, to, to be the way to go yeah 100 percent. and again this is not a newfound issue for me i drafted a bill when i was in the state legislature that would do this at the time there was um it was rejected by by both parties and and so uh, you know it, it was clear that it wasn't going forward but it's time that we revisit this issue parties be it the Ohio Democratic Party or the Ohio Republican Party, have an interest in making sure that they can conduct a primary uh, and it's only members of their party that are participating. Now, let's let's think about something here. A primary really isn't a public election in the sense of, uh, you know, elections to choose who's going to take office. A a party primary is a party election. And this is not uh, widely done, but in some states, they don't even have a party primary. They have a convention. They will all get together in a convention hall and they will choose who their party's standard bearer is. Really, it's an opportunity for the state's Republicans and the state's Democrats to choose who they want to represent them on the general election ballot. And so in that sense, both parties have a vested interest in making sure that there is no game being played with their primary. Now, in the past, this has been something that people had always talked about. We remember uh, Rush Limbaugh's uh, Operation Chaos in the 2006 election. And, we, we, you know, things like that have popped up over the years, but they generally didn't amount to much. It was on the margins. It was a fraction of a percent or whatever else. But it's starting to become a thing that, 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 that people want to do 
And it's Ohio, again, as it was with the constitutional amendment, Ohio is an outlier when it comes to not having a closed primary. I think it's 36 states that require you to register in advance as a member of a party before participating in Ohio. You get to choose on election day. On the day of the primary, you walk into your polling location and they say, would you like to vote in the Republican primary or the Democratic primary? It's long past time that we address this. I've been working with a group of conservative leaders in Ohio, people like Jim Renacci, people like Tom Zawistowski, uh, who are also very supportive of this. We've drafted up uh, some legislation, and we're talking to members of the legislature right now about uh, co-sponsoring that and getting it done. I think it's a conversation uh, that, that needs to be had uh, to prevent the kind of tactical voting that, that uh, activists from one party may engage in to try to interfere with the other party. The uh, legislators you have spoken with, have they been receptive to this? Does it seem like this is something that there's a, there's a, a move toward? Yeah, absolutely. The problem is when something's been done the same way for a long time, people just start to accept it as the way that business is done. But when you show them that Ohio does it very differently than most other states, most other states do require you to make that decision in advance. And people, of course, are free to change parties, and thank God they are. Look at the demographic shifts that we're having in certain parts of the state where moderate you know, labor households that had voted Democratic for years are now coming over to the Republican side. People are, of course, free to change party affiliation, and that's a good thing. But uh, allowing them to make that decision at their polling location on Tuesday when they show up to vote is problematic, and it's something that we should address. And we should be in the mainstream with other states in the country that require you to make that decision about which party you want to affiliate with well in advance of Election Day. Yeah, completely agree. And I would suspect almost everybody listening to us right now would agree with that. I hope they will make their voices heard to those legislators so we can get something drafted and get into a committee and get it out there because it really, really needs to happen. Uh, Secretary LaRose, last question for real this time. I would be remiss in doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. Bernie Moreno is declared. Matt Dolan is declared. Will there be any such declaration coming from you anytime soon vis-a-vis the United States Senate race? So I'll tell you, it's something I'm working toward, and there's a big reason why. I'm concerned about the future of our country. You've heard for years this is the most important election of your lifetime, and it's been true. But we're looking at a situation in 2024 where we need to stop the irreparable damage that's being done by leftists, specifically at the federal level. And Sherrod Brown is chief among them. He does not share Ohio's values. He is somebody that is really among the most liberal members of the United States Senate, although he's carefully cultivated this uh, uh, fake persona that he's some kind of a moderate. Ohioans need to defeat him, and only by defeating him can we take back the Senate majority next year, which is going to be crucial, crucial to turning our country around. We need a battle-tested candidate that's ready to take share it on, somebody that knows how to win statewide elections. I certainly do. And so this is something I'm looking at as I've been traveling around the state. It's not a question of desire. My heart's in it. What I need to do is practically answer the question of, can I build up the kind of support that I need to make this happen? So far, it looks like yes, because I'm getting a lot of people that say they want to support me in a grassroots sense, a lot of people that want to support me financially. And so my hope is to be able to make an announcement on this soon and then focus on November 24 when we're going to defeat Sheriff Brown once and for all. I can't help but ask the follow-up. When you say soon, what are we thinking? A month, two months? Do you have a deadline in mind? Yeah, so as a practical matter, if anybody is interested in running for an office that important, they should probably make an announcement by this summer. And so that's something that I have in mind, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at getting the financial resources together, getting the grassroots support together. 
and my hope would be to, to make an announcement this summer. So when we pass Labor Day and, and get back down to business after summer break and kids are back in school and everything else, we're ready to hit the campaign trail and, and, and work all 88 counties, as I've always done in all of my elections for Secretary of State, for that matter. Message well received. Secretary of State Frank LaRose, a lot of important stuff on your plate right now. You can get this done, get this special election done, and get this thing passed, and then we can move forward. Thank you so much for updating us on all of it. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, sir. That's Frank LaRose. Uh, we took it all the way to the news here. We're going to take a time out, get a news break. We'll come back. And if you've got thoughts, this will be your first chance to actually call today. <laughs> 216-901-0945. Right back. USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.